Hey everybody, it's Julia. I usually choose my podcast topics based on conversations I've had with friends or clients throughout the week that stand out to me and I think need a little more attention. But this week I had a personal experience where I acted totally weird about something and that prompted exploration into today's topic. We had some friends over at our house and I had a cup with a lid on it and my son's friend asked what I was drinking and this friend is darling and I love him and he's very health conscious and it was actually my favorite current drink which is a concoction of citrus flavored crystallite energy with a shot of this very sugary juice that I buy from Trader Joe's and in any case I said oh it's crystal light and this kid was like oh you like crystal light don't you you're always drinking crystal light and I immediately felt defensive like I was being accused of something I felt something kind of come up in myself where I felt like hey you know And I felt like I had to defend myself because Crystal Light is filled with chemicals and artificial sweeteners. And it's certainly not the worst thing you could drink, but it's also not the most health conscious beverage. And I think of myself as somebody who's healthy. So without even realizing what I was doing, I started acting totally weird and passive with this darling kid. And it was only later when I realized what I had done and really thought about why I acted that way did I recognize that this crystal light drink is a guilty pleasure that I felt guilty about so I was feeling defensive and I need to stop feeling guilty about things like that because that guilt, I acted all weird and made this darling guest feel uncomfortable because I was projecting my guilt onto him when he was just being friendly and conversational. So this experience has me thinking about guilty pleasures and why we feel guilty about them and how we can take the guilt out of the pleasure and just allow ourselves to enjoy things. Now, to clarify, a pleasure is something that brings us a feeling of satisfaction or enjoyment, and it's not to be confused with happiness and the fulfillment that that brings into our lives, but it's just something that we enjoy, something we enjoy eating, something we enjoy doing, and a guilty pleasure is something we enjoy but we'd be embarrassed if other people found out about it or we feel like it's something we need to hide from other people. So we have a love-hate relationship with guilty pleasures. We love to indulge in them, but we feel like we're either not supposed to like them or we feel that liking them says something negative about us. So we still do it, but we usually keep it quiet and we feel guilty about it. So the range of guilty pleasures is so broad. You know, I'd be really interested to see what's on the extreme end of this range, but I found a list of the top American guilty pleasures, and this was based on a survey of 2,000 Americans, and in order of popularity, they are, and I'll just list a few, ordering takeout because you don't feel like cooking, falling asleep watching TV, sneaking an extra scoop of ice cream, putting off a task, buying yourself a treat, singing out loud in the car, staying in your pajamas all day, that one's a no for me. McDonald's, that one is a big yes for my son. Watching TV all day, still listening to the music you listened to as a kid, as an adult, people watching. I'll just read a few more. Eating an entire bag of chips in one sitting. I guess it depends on the size of the bag of the chips, right? I might be guilty of that. Uh, Watching Disney films and cartoons as an adult and getting back in bed on a Sunday afternoon. I would call that a nap. Now, the bulk of this list sounds like healthy self-care, but the same study found that 38% of Americans confess confess that they're at least a little ashamed of their guilty pleasures, 39% admit to lying about them, 
and 22% admit to actually hiding them from their partner. And if you're hiding it from your partner, you're probably hiding it from everybody else too. Now, based on this list I just read about the most popular American guilty pleasures, there were very few things on that list that I think we should feel guilty about. I mean, a guilty pleasure is something we just do occasionally, and it's kind of a treat that we indulge in every once in a while, not all the time, and that's part of what makes them so delicious, both literally and figuratively. So the most common guilty pleasures sound like relaxing and bonding activities, which are great things to do, like watching Disney films. You know, that is a great thing to do. So why do we feel guilty about them? Most guilty pleasures are things that you either put into your mouth or things that you put into your mind. But a guilty pleasure comes from, like what we consider a guilty pleasure, comes from our own understanding of what constitutes a good or a bad leisure activity. But these distinctions are very arbitrary. So generally, the guilt involved comes from a fear of what other people would think of our embarrassing food or entertainment choices. So fear of judgment is the source of that guilt. And if your guilt stems from a fear of what other people think, the real issue may be your lack of self-confidence or your lack of confidence in your choices or your lack of confidence in what you like, not embarrassment about your love of 80s music. But I want to point out that the people whose judgment you fear have guilty pleasures of their own. They just might be different from yours. But it's also likely that some of them are the same. When we claim something as a guilty pleasure, what we're actually saying is there's something shameful about liking it And by extension, we're also saying that we think that we are better or above the people who openly like these things. So consider that we are also passing judgment on people who actually openly like the same things that we do. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said, The opinion that other people have about you is their problem, not yours. And I say amen to that. Now, another source of the guilt and guilty pleasures, and I think a more common source, might come from feeling like we don't deserve to have that type of enjoyment in our lives. Like we don't deserve to enjoy simple pleasures or to really indulge in something that's delicious to us, either to our mouths or to our minds. So I'm gonna be totally honest, I find myself falling into this trap and I have a few things that I totally consider guilty pleasures. And if I'm gonna watch a TV show I like during the day, I feel bad, like I feel guilty for real because I feel like everybody else is working. So who am I to think that I deserve to watch TV in the middle of the day, especially something that is like so indulgent and not even uplifting or educational. So I compromise by watching it while I'm jogging on the treadmill. But wouldn't the whole experience be more enjoyable and rejuvenating if I watched from my sofa? like maybe with a big glass of crystal light? Like, what sort of message am I sending to my subconscious mind when I consciously think that I don't deserve to take a breather with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? There, I put it out there, that's what it is. So many of us feel like we need to earn the rest or the break. And when we think this way, we are going to feel guilty for indulging in something relaxing unless we worked hard enough to feel like we deserve it. Feeling like rest is something that you need to earn makes it really hard to enjoy it. So we need to remember that rest and relaxation are physiologically necessary. 
We need to give our bodies and our brains a break. And these days I would say it's more our brains than our bodies that need to rest. Sometimes moving our bodies is exactly what we need to give our brains. But whatever you choose, a little downtime is important for everybody. So you should deliberately choose something that's going to be relaxing instead of falling into the trap of doing something that's not even restorative. It doesn't really matter what the activity or the inactivity is. The goal is to give your body and mind a chance to relax and recharge. And we need to do this every single day. If you keep going at full speed all day every day, you aren't going to feel great and working without a sense of balance can be really hard on you. And it's not sustainable and it will lead to burnout. And additionally, I'm guessing you won't be that pleasant to be around if you're overworked and burnt out. So it's probably going to be hard on the people you're closest to as well and will affect your home life and your family life and your social life. So by committing to take some time for yourself, you are giving yourself and your friends and your family a gift. And when we feel guilty or hide or disparage the activities we enjoy, we diminish the benefits they offer us. I mean, we need to chill. And when we feel shameful or secretive about doing it, it isn't as restorative or as enjoyable as it could be. So what if we scheduled in relaxation and restoration the same way we schedule in all the things that wear us out in a day? You need to recognize the need to chill and build it into your day without the guilt. It's not a desire, it's a need to restore. So your brain is going to take a break whether you like it or not. Like at the end of the day, your brain is eventually going to want to take a breather. And if you don't plan for it, you'll find yourself mindlessly scrolling on your phone for way too long. At the end of the day, we often end up doing something that is a total waste of time and isn't even refreshing or relaxing. So be deliberate in choosing your pleasures and let yourself enjoy them. Relaxing is literally good for your health. I love to share science. And when we relax, blood flow increases in our body, which gives us more energy and helps us to have a calm mind and a clear mind which aids our thinking and our concentration and our memory and decision making. Relaxation actually slows our heart rate and reduces our blood pressure and relieves tension. But it is hard to relax when we're constantly worried about what other people might think about how we want to relax. So we fall into this trap of thinking that even our relaxation and our leisure time need to be productive. Leonardo da Vinci said, Every now and then, go away, have a little relaxation. For when you come back to your work, your judgment will be surer. And I found another quote from Marta Trolley Curtin that I like even more that said, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Now, another source of guilt in the guilty pleasures could come from internalizing social norms and messaging about who I think I'm supposed to be and what it's okay for me to like and how I think I should be spending my time. And some of that guilt comes from worrying what other people think, but it also works comes from what we think about ourselves, and we consider ourselves lazy or weak or selfish when we indulge in a guilty pleasure. And this thinking is based on ideas that we internalize about work or productivity or self-control or discipline, and it leaves us feeling like we're falling short unless we're always working. I know that I fall into that trap, and I know a lot of people that fall into that trap. 
So shedding this kind of self-imposed embarrassment about what we enjoy can be empowering and it can also enrich our social lives. Like if I meet somebody else who also likes the Real Housewives franchise, I don't like all of them, just PS, I immediately feel a connection with them because we automatically have something to talk about. And it's like we're sharing secrets with each other almost. And studies show that when people share secrets with each other, they actually feel the uh, neurochemicals that create bonding between them. So, <clears throat> Talking about our common interests and pursuits is a way to quickly connect with others. So an overlooked value of a guilty pleasure is the bond it can create between people when you share it. But unless you share what you love, you'll never make those connections. But if you do, you could be having Real Housewives watch parties where you can celebrate your collective bad taste and create social bonds and, you know, serve Cheetos while you're at it. Like go big on your guilty pleasures. People love Cheetos because they are legitimately delicious. And, um, you know, you can wash it down with some crystal light. But the truth is, most guilty pleasures are things that most people love. Eating treats, watching TV, listening to cheesy music. And there is nothing that needs to be embarrassing about any of these things. These are universal loves. So stop feeling embarrassed. Embrace what you love and share it with other people. It will probably make you more endearing to them. And it wor at worst, maybe you'll come across as quirky, but these are all adorable qualities. Now, some people say that guilt is a useless emotion and it is certainly an unpleasant emotion, but it does have a purpose. Guilt makes us less likely to engage in self-defeating, dishonest or harmful behavior. And it reminds us that we want to be better and we want to do better. So I'd like to argue that what we're really feeling when we indulge ourselves in something we enjoy is shame. Guilt sends a message that I did something wrong and I probably shouldn't do that again, but shame sends a message that there's something wrong with me. And shame is never a productive emotion, but when we find ourselves constantly hiding our guilty pleasures, you know, that's not a one-time thing that guilt would be involved in. You know, guilt is like, oh, I shouldn't do this again. Shame is sending a message that, oh, I shouldn't like these things. I'm, there's something off about me because I like them. So when we feel this way, Kristen Neff, who has awesome TED Talks that I love, suggests asking ourselves, why do I feel so much shame around something that's not causing harm to anybody else, including myself? So ask yourself this question, and my guess is the answer will be that you're afraid of being judged or you think you don't deserve it, just like we've discussed. And my answer to both of these is that those things are lies. Nobody's gonna judge you, and you do deserve to enjoy your life. And if they do judge you, it's probably because they're jealous, because you are enjoying your life so much. Now, there is so much societal messaging that implies that pleasure is something that needs to be earned. But the truth is that pleasure should just be a natural part of everyday life. And we would all be better people if we believed this. Pleasure isn't just about hedonism, but about balance and restoration and fun and bonding. I read an interview with a clinical psychologist named Rachel Andrew, and she said that the inability to relax is increasingly common and that it's getting worse. And she said, quote, I've noticed a rise in my practice, certainly over the last three to five years, of people finding it increasingly difficult to switch off and relax. 
And the same issue comes up again and again, technology, phones, work emails, and social media. And we probably all feel like we need to be the type of person or we want to be the type of person who spends their free time in uplifting pursuits like volunteering in the community and reading books that make us smarter and exercising. And when we find ourselves binging on Netflix instead of reading the biography of Frederick Douglass, which is sitting on my nightstand unread, we end up feeling like losers. But constantly working and learning and thinking and problem solving might have initially been good for our ancestors' survival as they had to forage for berries and ward off predators constantly, even at night and, you know, while they were sleeping. But this type of constant vigilance isn't good for our happiness. Relaxing has become increasingly difficult for, for people because we're constantly connected to the internet, getting texts and calls and updates and checking our apps and notifications, and we overschedule ourselves, which leaves our minds constantly engaged. <clears throat> but research shows that the happier you are, the more productive you're likely to be. So you're actually going to be more productive if you infuse your life with some more pleasure. Now, if the research shows that our guilty pleasures can actually be good for us, how do we get to the point where we just let ourselves enjoy them without the guilt? First, you can give yourself permission to enjoy them and understand that downtime is key to having a balanced and productive life. We need to practice compassion for others, but we also need to practice compassion for ourselves. So encourage other people to relax with you and schedule it into your day and create a bonding activity out of it. So social connection is also a basic human need. What if you got a two for one? Look, you actually would be productive. You're having social connection and relaxation at the same time. Now you might need to remind yourself that it's normal and healthy to need relaxation and pleasure. <clears throat> Just make sure to find the right balance in these things. Like too much of a good thing sometimes isn't a good thing. I mean, some guilty pleasures make us feel guilty because they're actually bad for us. So if you know that something's unhealthy for you and you find yourself doing it too often, that guilt might be a useful emotion. It might be a message to kind of stop doing that. So if you find yourself indulging in unhealthy food or behaviors as an escape from stress or overwhelm, Recognize that and try to find some pleasures that are actually pleasurable and restorative. Guilty pleasures are usually a small part of a well-balanced life, but if a guilty pleasure makes up all the pleasure in your life, it's time for you to find more nourishing pleasures and give some serious thought to discovering what you really love and what's really going to restore you. Because you shouldn't feel guilty about doing things you love just because other people think it isn't sophisticated enough or cool enough. If you love it, own it. And it's likely that you'll find someone else who loves it too. Sing those songs as loud as you can, binge watch that show, let your pleasures be delicious to you without the guilt. You deserve it and you need it and it's good for your health. And I encourage you to really get out there, remember who you are, remember what you love and do it and bring people into that process. And I'm gonna leave you with this quote from Jack Kornfield, who's kind of the father of mindfulness meditation. And he said, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. And I would like to thank you for listening and I look forward to connecting soon.